this thing. No title again. Is it rolling, Bob? I guess that's uh, enough of a uh, easing into the introduction here on the Dixon Jane's podcast, number nine hundred and seventy fucking five, nine seventy fucking five. Uh, yeah, okay. It's uh, Monday, December eleventh, and I'm at uh, Thompson Park. I've just done a walk through the park. It, it, I stepped out of the car and, oh, sun was shining. And I don't know, by the time I got ready, you know, your bud's in listening to Sam Harris about dying. It's a kind of, a, yeah, anyway, podcast. Got all set, gloves on. The sky had completely clouded over and it got cold and windy. So uh, there wasn't much of a window there of sunshine. But then, anyway, I did my, uh, I did my walk. Um, the plan was to um, go grocery shopping right after dropping my son off uh, at the uh, Scarborough Town Center for his bus to go to work. But anyway, here we are. We're back into now. Push the now button. Ding! That represents now, this moment and what's going on. We're just going to fade that out. I don't, we don't really need music in the background. Why should I have to compete with somebody else, eh? Oh, well, hang on. That's... Okay, okay, all right. There. <laughs> All right. It's a little hard. It's Monday. Come on. Cut me some slack. It's it's hard to get into gear on a Monday morning. Ugh. Yeah. So, it's Friday. My God, it's Monday. Friday. I had an absolutely wonderful evening, afternoon, evening at the Only Cafe. I love our 3 o'clock starting time. Now, we went in at 3 and normally the place is empty. It is becoming more and more popular. The word is out, this is a great bar. So you get a lot of people going just on their own. And they might take up a whole table and they might have a computer or whatever working on stuff. And I guess that's cool too, you know. It's just, you know, hey, when you got a crowd coming, you need a table. So we had a gathering of uh, John Meadows, who most of you know as a... Well, now he's, of course, retired, pensioned off. Uh, does a lot of writing. He does the Nanamino, you know, the write all the words in, in November. Um, completed a story. He's just, I've mentioned before, a creative guy. So it's always good conversation with John. And he's bright on top of that, you know. And uh, I've just gotten used to him being a bit of an introvert, you know. I bring out I bring out the best of him, being in him. And then Lisa, 
showed up next, all the way from Port Hope. Oh, my God. And then uh, Bruce showed up. Barnacle Bill, Bruce from Vancouver. He came out all the way from Mississauga. And then Brian. Brian, who you know, my former drinking buddy uh, from, the, you know, our days in Nigeria, his visits to Japan and, and uh, everywhere else. So it was a great gathering. We all knew each other well. We were all comfortable in each other's presence. And we just had fun. I took a gummy, or half a gummy, it wasn't even a full half, but just enough to get a nice nice glow, and then both Bruce and I stepped out for a J, and that sort of hyped things up, and there was some laughter, there were some one-liners that were just hilarious, and of course those are things you, you know, it takes away from the moment if you try and write it down, uh, and then the next day it's usually not all that funny anyway, it's all about context and being there in the moment, so... Uh, None of that got caught. It was just the joy, the warmth, the comfort, the fun, the care, the love of being amongst good friends. All of us, like, just completely different, as to be expected. But having, I guess, enough of a common bond. And and they strengthen. Like, you know, again, Bruce lives in Vancouver. But here we are. He's met John before. This is the first time he met Lisa. He and Brian are good friends. Brian has visited him or probably stayed with him out on the West Coast. So there was just a lot of sharing going on. I guess there's not much any point in me saying more. I mean, I don't have any details. I don't have a, a particular story that, oh, yeah, we talked about this. There was just a lot of different conversations, and they could range. The way we had a, a good big table. The only thing different about that night was a jazz trio came on. And to tell the truth, I prefer no music at all. I mean, they have background music, but I prefer conversation. That's why we're there, to talk. And so whenever you see somebody setting up drums, oh, my God. But... They were actually quite good. There was a drum set, and he knew how to play the brushes. It wasn't a loud, banging, rock and roll type thing. And a stand-up bass, a huge stand-up bass, and you could hear the thump, 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 thump as he pulled those strings. That was good. And a saxophone. So, in fact, it was a very good trio. And uh, the, the music was good. They were really good. So, you know, that it was far better than, uh, as far as things go, it was the best could be. And also, while you're high and you're looking around and the lights are dimmed and there's Christmas lights up, you're thinking, this is a cool place. And I guess the, the star of the show, in, in many ways, is the only cafe itself. And I feel very proud to be... Oh, I was going to say an only, pa- only cafe practitioner. Like, no, somehow... I don't know what I really mean by that, except I know how to use this place to get the most out of this place. This is my place. I identify with this place. Um, It's just, it's a cool bar. And bars have always been a very, very important part of my life. And, and, you know, I've mentioned them before. I could list them off here. Uh, We did recall. I guess my whole situation today, married with this, amazingly wonderful woman uh, and two grown sons, and I'll get back to that. Um, The particular situation I am in would not have happened had Brian not joined Kuso and gone to Nigeria. Now, of course, it would probably wouldn't have happened if I hadn't joined in other words, it's that old thing. You try and take one piece out of that puzzle, that that web of connections, this interlocking system. You take one piece out, everything changes, everything is different. It's like the possibilities of a multiverse, of all these different things. Had had I not gone, had I gone on a different year, had Brian not gone. Because in Brian's case, I mean, I was making reference to that because of the three sons he's given birth to. One who's in New Zealand now with his girlfriend, the other one who's a doctor and uh, up north in Nunavut, the other one 
doing social work somewhere else in Ontario and has traveled the world and, you know, across Africa in a Jeep. I mean, it's just an amazing threesome. And now, of course, his ex-wife with her partner uh, living in Nova Scotia and traveling the world. And here's Brian with his Chilean partner, woman, who's traveled all over, the two of them. It's just an amazing story. These are, I guess, they maybe these the other thing. These characters I've latched onto and connected with, and am a, am an integral part of this network, are really quite fantastic people. And it is kind of neat when I when I'm looking at the faces now, as I uh, reimagine that table we were all sitting at together with our with our many good beer. Um. It, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just all quite wonderful. Um, I was on some, oh yeah, Brian and, and, and just that whole thing. And it just happened. It was a, the chance meeting of me and my wife would not have happened had it not been for this, 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 and this, you know, no, no point in going into it, but, uh, I'm glad it did. And, and so people can, I guess it's the importance of people and connections and friendships and bonds in your life that are so important. And I recognize that and I'm grateful for that. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll drop that for now. It was just a wonderful night and I look forward to the next, next one uh, at the Only Cafe. Um, David Suzuki, he was on Canada Land. Now, I mentioned uh, last time, oh, my God, Margaret Atwood was on Jesse's Canada Land. She was just amazing. Well, this time he had David Suzuki on. And it was all equally awesome. And he's another absolutely wonderful Canadian hero. So I doubt that my American friends would listen to Canada Land, but the last two episodes, or those two in particular, the one with Margaret Atwood, the one with David Suzuki, two Canadian heroes, um, were just quite wonderful. And I just have so much respect for both of those people. And it's good to have heroes. It, it gives hope when you say, wow, there are intelligent people there with solutions. They just don't go in for politics because they know what a dirty, shitty game it is. And that's the unfortunate part. Politics just attracts the worst in human nature. But uh, anyway, there we go. Iran, do I want to mention Iran? Uh, long ago, I remember seeing a show uh, on Russia. And, and I mean, we're talking years and years ago. And I remember being stunned by seeing people in business suits, a proper suit, white shirt and tie, getting onto a bus, commuting into the office. And I thought, whoa, that is not the Russia the media usually portrays. You know, well, you got a completely different image. I don't know what it was now because it's been transformed since seeing that show. Hey, these are normal people here. These are not these those communists, you know, that you're brought up on. And, and that's what the media was showing. This was... Oh, okay, people going about living their lives. And I guess there was a podcast, I know, a um, a YouTube video that I can't remember the title, but this is Iran is not the Iran that's portrayed in the media. And I think there was no sound, maybe just background music or something. And it was just a video camera of a town, I don't think it was Tehran, of normal people, young people out on the streets, drinking coffees, dressed in all kinds of attire and not this picture of this drab, these women forced to wear, you know, the complete body coverage and so on. And and it was really insistent. This is Iran too. This is who we are. Don't be completely consumed by what the media is portraying. And I was kind of blown away by that. Oh, yeah, wow, I do have an image of Iran, and, and whoa, wouldn't want to go there. And this is showing, no, we are a people. This is this is politics and, and you know, who controls the media, which we know is big business. And that led on to, I guess, may as well get on with the news now, the latest in the war in Gaza. And I am, you know, at the beginning, you, you, especially after the first 
attack on Israel. You're sort of taking their side. Well, some of us are and were at that time. Hey, that's a horrific thing to do. If it's true, the things that they've said you've done. And then there's that little bit of hope for, was it two weeks, 10 days, whatever, of uh, a truce. And then it ended, and Israel said, no, we're going back till we got all of them, till they're all dead. They, they claim, I saw it today, they claim they've killed 7,000 Hamas rebels or whoever. Uh, I don't think that's true. But what the media is showing and what is heartbreaking is fathers in tears about their young child, their son, daughter, whatever, being killed, being maimed, being wounded, uh, taken to hospitals where there's no beds left, they're on the floor, they're out of, you know, the medications, everything they need, in a horrific state. They're being told to live in this one little small area where there is no clean water, no sanitation, no food, no medicine, no help, no shelter. It is awful. It is fucking awful. And it, you have to come around. I know I'm being influenced by what's being shown on the media every day, but it's got to be true in terms of how awful it is for the people in Gaza, the suffering they're going through. This has to stop. I, I, am, I'm, I mean, I've moved. You know, it, it's not that I'm pro-Hamas. Of course I'm not. <laughs> and I don't know that I want to get in a demonstration outside the embassy. I said a part of me feels I should. Uh, the Israeli embassy, the American embassy, for not insisting, as the United Nations want, on a, a ceasefire. And Canada, I think, to its shame, is not insisting on a ceasefire, is not calling for it. And we know there's all kinds of political reasons for that. It's political future of the Liberal Party, I'm sure, and fundraising and all the other things that come into decision-making in politics. But they should not be doing that. This, this sheer and utter destruction and the deaths, the mounting death toll of civilians is just fucking awful. Israel, fucking stop it! Jesus Christ! Holy shit, like, wow, you've, you've lost any, <clears throat> excuse me, moral standing, any moral uh, whatever <clears throat> that you may have had, moral high ground. There is none left. This is, this is bestial. Well, it's not even bestial. This, this is just awful. This, this, it's horrible. And then... Nigeria, a gathering, a peaceful gathering for a religious holiday, a Muslim religious holiday in the north. A drone flies over and drops bombs. Oh, sorry, it had all the markings of a uh, of, of rebel function, a rebel gathering. And so all these innocent people, a huge number, I don't know, 70 killed, others wounded, you know, by remote, not even the army going in. And then being able to see what was going on. Oh, sorry, we made a mistake. No, no, we had intelligence. Intelligence told us, here's the thing. So somebody is giving Nigeria this high-tech drones with bombs that they can drop on people remotely with somebody sitting there and sort of saying, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there's the guy there. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, put this thing up in motion. Get this bomb loaded. Drop it now. And bam, all these people killed needlessly. Thanks to the uh, technology of the Western world. <sighs> so, sorry, I mean, I didn't want to get there, but how can you not get there? <sighs> There's nothing else. God damn it, eh? <laughs> Is there any music I can end with? No. Any idiot, it's a flame. Fuck off. <laughs> Alright, this here, maybe this is the rage. Very fitting.
if you ever have some chickens, you have some hens in the hen house, you know, when you come out there in the morning sometime, after they lay them eggs, you know, they make a funny little sound. Now, they can either cackle when they're nervous or they cluck when they're quiet and happy. And this is what the clucking sound like on the banjo. Got me a rooster, Lord. Now, I put him in the barn. They stayed there and kept them old hens warm. They cluck old hen. Cluck all day. Cluck old hen. Cluck all day. Now, listen to them hen. I don't have a a song going to uh, you know play us in as I sometimes do quite cleverly I think but uh, anyway I've just uh, haven't turned on the ignition I'm sitting in the car the uh, faithful old Toyota it's uh, Wednesday December thirteenth and I am in Thompson Park once again I've just completed my extended walk this is when I go past the dog park. And uh, take the longest route, the longest circle. Uh, it came to 35 minutes nonstop, and that's okay for me. It's a cold, bit of a blustery day, but the sun is shining. And you know how much I love that sunshine. Oh, yeah. So um, we're good. I had to do that. Dropped my son off at Scarborough Town Center and then headed straight here. Uh, then I'll go home. Get some lunch. I'll have leftover uh, chicken pasta that I made last night with, uh, you know, the white sauce, Alfredo, out of a jar. I, I mean, I I looked up 10 recipes, could have gone and, you know, tried making it myself. And this was a surefire thing. And I really spiced up. I, I had three chicken breasts, chopped them into little pieces, uh, spiced with salt, pepper, paprika, onion powder... Uh, even um, uh, Lee and Perrin's, and then fried them all. That was after I'd fried the onions and the garlic, taken that out, and then dumped in the sauce, you know, after they had cooked quite well, quite nicely, quite tasty, each chunk, and then uh, boiled the uh, spirally pasta, added it all in, mixed it all together, poured in some white wine, and it was quite decent. Even my wife uh, enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, there you go. So, anyway, I got a lot of that left over for, uh, for lunch when I get home. And then I'm going to go shopping again and maybe try and find a nice piece of trout or salmon or something and cook some rice. Because this morning I cooked a whole, you know, the vat, the rice cooker full of rice, three cups full. So, uh, that'll get us through supper, too. And uh, do some carrots. Anyway... Just put the cooking on hold. I'm making an effort. My son in Vancouver is so pleased that I'm trying. And uh, I guess number uh, number two son, too, because uh, he gets to eat it when he comes home around, well, anywhere between 10.30 and midnight or 12.30. So, yeah, I got a lot of things I want to talk about today. 
and they're kind of unpleasant things, so you're you're going to be hearing a little bit of negativity. I think the answer, the the anger, has subsided. I think the walk helped because I I've been really, ooh, kind of upset about this. Um, before Coronation Street, if we're early eating supper in front of the TV, we'll uh, we'll put on YouTube and we'll search for travel uh, documentaries. And there's a few favorites we follow. There's a Russian guy and his wife, and they're they're pretty good. And uh, somebody else, can't remember his name now. But last night, um, you know, the these things pop up. My wife says, Fiji, oh, let's watch Fiji. And it was people I'd never heard of, a couple. It looked like there was a foursome, a group traveling together. And oh my God, how I despise those people, Jesus it was as if I was a, a peasant in in the reign of one of the Louis or maybe, and, and I had heard, let them eat cake, and I had this anger for these privileged upper-class people, and I just wanted to kill them. That's how I felt about these people. I felt that strongly. Um, first of all, Fiji can't be a cheap holiday. Well, they didn't bother to quote prices. Every other travel thing says this is how much it would be in American dollars or whatever. This is what it costs. These people didn't care at all. When you get to the airport, best thing you can do is rent a van. And, of course, oh, my God, how I hated them. They had a drone. And every drone shot was them on the beach waving up at their drone, knowing they were going to be, they are going to be featured in this video. Oh, look at us. Look how happy we are. It was the worst of fucking Facebook. You know when people post the pictures on Facebook? Look how happy I am. Look at us. Ha, ha, you're out here, but we are. That kind of thing. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, we stopped it halfway through, and I'm, I, I didn't want to last that long, but it was just eating this food and drink, drinking these juices, never mind the price, and it was just a privileged group of white people on these beaches. They didn't in, they interview anybody local, or, or it was just, no, no, these are just the people serving us these great drinks. Oh, and, and of course, showing off their bodies in all the special pools where you can pay extra with a, and, and go here and you have this private place where you can see the waterfalls and dive into the water. Oh, honestly. And, and it just, it just, it showed like the worst of, I guess, white privilege or people oblivious to what's going on in the rest of the world because these people clearly had money, probably inherited money. I don't think they earned that. So I, I got to get rid of it. But my God, that really upset me. It really bothered me. And I know sometimes my wife, my younger son, accused me of, Dad, you just hate, you know, rich people. Well, sorry. There is something to that. <sighs> CBC News Cuts. Uh, I'm going to jump back to Jesse once again. <laughs> I think we've got three for three with Jesse uh, on uh, Canada Land. And talking about the news cuts and what it means. And, of course, Jesse doesn't, isn't, a, you know, a flag-waving CBC supporter. He did work there, but he's, he's cut out on his own. He's made his own business, and he's doing a good job, and he's been able to hire people and do in-depth stuff. But CBC is faced with budget cuts. And, of course, if Polyev and the Conservatives get in, there's going to be further, deeper cuts. But basically, it, the issue is they just, you know, I think of my father's time. He was subscribed to the Montreal Gazette. That was delivered to your door before you went to work in the morning. And in Lachine, we get the Lachine Messenger, your, your weekly paper. But it actually had news and content and photos and people and was put together just for Lachine. Not even Dorval, no, next day, but just this is the Lachine Messenger. And all those little local papers, I mean, with Scarborough Mirror, or, you know, they all got bought up, and now they're just trash. They're nothing but ads. There's no reporters. There's nothing there because of fucking capitalism. The, you know, the, the, the biggest fish eats all the smaller ones, and it just goes on. And so there's nothing left of that. And, and one of the points they made, and I agree, was that CBC is, is putting out some of these TV shows, and they're, you know, there's a lot of people like them, but, of course, they're always featuring... The minorities. There could be Asian or black or 
or trans or gay. It doesn't matter. It's what's politically correct now and what what would hey look what we can show you. We'll wave this banner of being, you know, where we're supposed to be at. And they just said, maybe the money that goes into developing those shows, as much as I'm all for them, except somebody else should be paying. And CBC should be delivering news to everybody who needs it, or you know, across the country and up north and, and in other languages. That's where the money should go. And somebody else should be funding. But, of course, they won't. And if they do, they'll have control, creative control and so on. But it's just, it's it's just... It's bothersome. There's a little thing that I've been following on uh, local, um, on the internet, called The Local. And it's local news to Toronto. And this is, again, you know, they're crowdfunding, trying to get money. And I, we have more money going out every month than is coming in. That's just a fact. Our house is not fully paid for. I'll say that here. Not that it's any of your business. Oh, there goes the... <laughs> He's just arrived. The walker has just showed up. He's waving to all the others. He's here. My God. Uh, anyway, uh, where were we? <laughs> um, the local. I, we have more money coming out. I can't take money and support Jesse and support the local and these number of other really worthy causes at this point. Uh, I cut back on everything. When I go to the only for my beer, they always undercharge me. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't eat food. I don't order food. I mean, you can't at the only anyway, but, you know, that's just if it's an evening out. No, I got to, I'm going to spoil myself with just beer. Anyway, I'm not justifying myself. Yes, I am. I'm just saying there are great local organizations that are really working hard to give news. They, this one did in-depth on the local, you know, runoff election in Scarborough. And now, today's was about the renaming of Dundas, everything Dundas in Toronto. Uh, There's Dundas Square, the central point where everybody meets. I, I wouldn't have a trouble with giving a new name to just one place, Dundas Square. Okay, sure. What do you need for a name, you know? What, what's something that's reflective of Canada or our history that's not Dundas? But the renaming of Dundas Street and all the parks and all the schools and libraries, everything else that has Dundas in its name, will cost estimated $6 million. You know it's going to run higher than that because you're going to have city workers doing it in their own sweet time as they change every single street sign. On top of that, there'll be 12000 people who have Dundas in their address, they're going to have to have an address changed. Now, that could mean your license plate. You know out of that 12,000, it's not going to go smoothly. There are people, individuals who are going to run into trouble with banks, online, this, that, any number of things over the fuss of changing their address from Dundas. There are 4,500 businesses, all of which will have to change their business addresses. That means all their stationary If they're just online, okay, that can be done. But everything else about them is going to have to change. So huge costs, not just to changing the signage, but all the other people involved. And why are we doing this? Why? Why are we changing Dundas? Well, because Dundas was a a bad man. Dundas was purported to be uh, pro-slavery. And then people say, well, no, no, he wasn't really pro-slavery. He just wanted to change the Abolition Act, give them time. So there's different ways of reading it, but basically he was white people of the time way back, uh, alive from 1742 to 1811. So we're talking well over 200 years ago when this man lived. And that was, this was before Canada was Canada. However, his name, the city of Toronto's name, this, and somebody... A person, a PhD student at the University of Toronto, did some research, came up with, I don't like this racist, this this person who, who you know, was pro-slavery at, at worst, but maybe, you know, whatever, whatever, was a person in Canadian history that this street was named after long ago. This PhD student decided, no, this is not right, um... 
I'll start a petition, 14,000 people signed. That was enough to get City Council of Toronto to form a committee. The committee was going to be handpicked, and you know who's going to be on that committee and what their verdict is going to be once they're selected. Yes, we have to change this. This is bad. This is racist. We have to eliminate that past, that part of Canadian history. It's wrong. It's bad. He was a bad man. So we're going to have to change it. Now, our new mayor, Olivia Chow, is supported in favor. She said, because that's what the community wants. I don't think you asked all the community. I think you signed a petition because some man wants to right the wrongs of the past and prove that Canada is a racist country. So I'm upset by that. I'm upset at the cost. I'm upset at the whole point. Um... The TTC stations, Young Dundas Square, everything named after Henry Dundas, Dundas, the first Viscount Melville. Um, Anyway, he was a powerful minister, and that's why he was in the history. Now, what I suggest is go back, rewrite the history on the the history websites. If there's signage, a plaque for him anywhere, rewrite that plaque and say why people are, you know, from today's perspective, this wasn't a very deserving man of any respect. Um, he believed to have left behind a controversial legacy as numerous studies of academic research found that he played a role in delaying the abolition of the transatlantic slave trade. Okay, that was wrong. Point out that that was wrong, but you don't have to change it. Now, here's, a, here's, a, here's something else. Here's something else. One man has come up with the idea um, that we could rename it after a different Dundas. And what he came up with was, he suggests the city could honor one of its fallen citizens, Captain George Dundas, who was a student at University of Toronto and fought in the First World War. According to the school's role of service, in 1915, Dundas enlisted in the Eaton Machine Gun Battery, and in 1916, he joined the 161st Brigade in France. He was awarded the military cost twice, First time in October of that year for conspicuous bravery under heavy fire. In September 1917, he was gassed. And in 19, he was killed in action in Amiens, France. There's a picture of him. Cummins says, by honoring George Dundas, not that Henry fucker, George Dundas, that's who this is about. Let's make a big proclamation. Let's make a big news on the TV. Let's say, hey, here from hereafter on forward, Dundas is really going to be dedicated to this Dundas, George Dundas. The city would be paying tribute to the thousands of men and women who gave their lives during the Great War, while at the same time erasing the tribute to Henry Dundas. And I'm saying, oh, I like that idea. But somebody else is going to say, yeah, but he's just another white guy. I know, I know, I know. That sounds, ooh, Ken, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? Well, you know where I'm going. You can tell where I'm going. I don't like the rewriting of history. I don't like the changing because some PhD student says, hey, this is Canada's racist and this is wrong and we got to do that so we'll feel better. Does anybody really fucking feel bad riding the Dundas streetcar? Do you're sitting there crying in pain and agony because it's named after somebody like that? Does it really hurt you? Or you just want to make a statement because these days in universities, you've got to do what's politically correct. And then politically correct is, oh, yeah, okay, well, sorry, our forefathers made a mistake. We'll correct that right now. Now, in some cases, in some cases, like the internment of the Japanese during World War II, good. This became an issue. We explored it. These were Canadian citizens who were locked up. This was something in our recent history that we could address to the people still living. And we did. We did correct that and educated people. So let's educate people, but let's not spend $6 million in a, a city that has a huge budget for, shortfall and doesn't have the money to waste on changing street names. Okay? So uh, it was ooh, 97,000 residents, according to this, who would have to change their addresses. So there we go. Um, is there anything else I have to do? I made, I mean, I copied, I made a lot of notes and, um, yeah, the city has an estimated shortfall of 1.5 billion. And so they want to spend 
$8.6 million, oh, that's a, there's a more revised cost, of renaming the 23-kilometer thoroughfare. It's a waste of expenses. We live in a democratic society, but we move through the streets that celebrate white supremacy silently by their very names. Okay, that's what this fellow said. Newton, he's the guy, the Ph.D. student. We live in a democratic society, but we move through streets that celebrate White supremacy. Does anybody really fucking think when they get on the Dundas streetcar or walk down Dundas Street that they are celebrating white supremacy? Does anybody feel that? Is that what happens? Is that why it has to be changed? Oh, he's a history professor at University of Toronto. That's why. So maybe he's done his PhD on this very topic. And now he's a history professor, and you know what history professors are going to do. Oh, yeah. It's really fundamentally undemocratic to not consider renaming or revisiting those kinds of names. Revisit, yeah. Give them the new Dundas. Give them the new Dundas. Uh, the whatever. What, what was his name? The uh, This guy here. George Dundas. Yeah, rename it after George Dundas. That's my solution. Anyway, I, I just... It just bothers me, this political correctness. The fact that, you know, Ryerson University now is a stupid name. What? It's a Metropolitan University. That they allowed people to knock down the statue. You know, hey, this is, this is damage. This is knock it down, behead it, drag it, dump it, dump it into the Lake Ontario. No, that, this is civil, civil disobedience. Uh-oh. Ken, what would the 21-year-old Ken back in university? Whose side would you be on then? What would you be thinking back then? If you were a university student today, where would your thoughts be on this? I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer for that, Ken. I can only be the Ken today, the 75-year-old privileged white man with his perspective. Oh, my God. And here's me ranting about the privilege of those white people, you know. But I don't see the connection. I don't see that it's necessary to change this name. Educate people, yes. It is really fundamentally undemocratic to not consider renaming or revisiting those names if we also acknowledge that slavery and colonial genocide have ongoing legacies, which we know they do. Well, ongoing legacies, and you're going to fix that by changing the name. All right, all right, I'm going to drop that. You've had enough. Scarborough, dude, I got that out of my system. I'm sorry if that was unpleasant for you. And listen, nobody ever fucking writes in, although, thank you, uh, uh, the... um, you know, the guy from Michigan there, uh, the youper for uh, saying he enjoyed my episode recently. Thank you. Uh, and anybody else who listens. Uh, I should a little bit of a shout out here. I have been wearing on these cold days the Scarborough Dude scarf. Some of you won't even know that I'm holding it in my hand. It is absolutely beautiful. Designed by Catherine Matthews. It's patented. The colors are stunningly beautiful. I absolutely adore it. It's got a big hole where I hung it on a lamp because I thought it was so beautiful as a decoration and didn't realize that the lamp is overheating and burned a hole (laughs) right in the middle. But I I use that. I wrap that around my neck. But yeah, and uh, it's fine. It works perfectly. It's it's just a little hole in the middle there. Uh, But my God, she did a beautiful job. And I wanted Catherine to know, and if she doesn't listen to this and Rob does, pass the word along. It's absolutely stunningly as beautiful it was when it was given to me for what I believe was my 60th birthday. So 15 years now, could that be right? It could be right. Uh, or, you know, you, you can correct me. But honestly, the pattern, the colors, uh, the, the texture, the feel, and the warmth, stunningly beautiful and an honor to have a patented scarf named after Scarborough Dubed. There you go. Thanks very much, folks. I'll, I'll be back. We're not done yet. i got to go eat. Bye for now. That means I'm back. Yes, boys and girls, this is winding down towards the end of this particular podcast, number 975. Uh, I am at uh, the Birkdale Ravine. Once again, it is December 15th. This would be a Friday, and it's, uh, I guess, about 11.30 in the morning. The sun is shining. I am sitting on a bench, and it is beaming down warm. And, oh, my God, I turn my face to it, close my eyes, and I feel the love. Oh, 
It is so very beautiful. I, I love days like this. It just it just makes me feel good. Thank you, sunshine. Thank you, sun. Uh, all right. We've only got uh, 16 minutes left. And I got a whole lot of things I just want to... Uh, I want to cover. I want to just be done with, and so I'm going to I'm going to uh, do that right now. I have made notes, as you know. This is unscripted, unrehearsed, and uh, definitely uh, unedited. But uh, I do make notes now because that memory of mine. Oh my God! Trying to recall stories with uh, Bruce yesterday, and he'd have some of it, not have some of it, and then there were parts where neither of us could remember, like who drove who from. Porter Creek outside Whitehorse to Haines Junction, Alaska. Okay, who the, he had a Toyota, a red Toyota. Uh, not enough room for many, so who got up there? How? And I said Harold and Barb and Deb got up there first. And I, so how the hell did how the hell did we get up? Anyway, it <laughs> it doesn't matter to you, and uh, in fact, it doesn't matter to me all that much. I just know that I ended up in Haines Junction, Alaska, at a bar, walking in and seeing two brothers wrestling on the floor, and uh, Harold wearing Mr. Paulson's hat, saying, "Ah, oh, they always do that." All right, so here we are. Um, a retraction. I referred to somebody as an ignorant asshole. I didn't say who it was. And now I'm thinking, yeah, you know, Ken, that's really not your nature. I, I am forgiving. I, I do try and understand if a person is an ignorant, ignorant asshole. I want to know why. What what caused them to be that way? And then I feel, well, I can't really give them that label anymore. Yeah, they may behave like an asshole. And yeah, they may be very ignorant. But I don't want to stop. When you say ignorant asshole, you've completely written them off. And and I'm I I feel more it's important to forgive and uh, you know hope that a person can grow and change I don't know but we'll just leave that there anyway the person remains unnamed so there you go I know a few people out there listening now thought oh God was that me am I the ignorant asshole I hope not okay um, yesterday met a new friend and note how I didn't do a segue I didn't do speaking of ignorant assholes we met somebody new yesterday no that was not it at all <laughs> this person Susan was very nice <laughs> uh, Bruce and I went to the Guildwood Inn yesterday that was part of the plan Bruce Bruce got on the train out of Mississauga I picked him up at Eglinton we drove straight to Tim Hortons got our coffee and muffins and then over to the Guild Inn which is a lovely part of Scarborough and uh, overlooking the bluffs and, uh, you know, old stone sculptures and things there. Great place to wander around, take a walk, and um, sit on a bench and get high. And what was interesting was this particular bench was dedicated to a woman, and the caption was something along the lines of to, to sharing this with coffee and a friend and conversation, something like that. I never even, half the time I don't read these things, Bruce read it, and we thought, my God, that's just what we're doing. We're sitting on this bench that I had chosen, my favorite bench in the whole park, um, with our cups of coffee having a conversation. And we were recalling the Chilkoot climb and various drunks we had been on, managed, uh, you know, it it just, it was just sharing memories. Anyway... When I get high, I get quite friendly and open to new... Ex- you know, you've heard about that before, like the five girls I met in uh, in Bon Echo Park, and we spent the whole night sitting around the campfire together. Um, so this was a new person happily walking along, and I just stopped and said hello and got into a story and somehow got her attention, and she realized, oh, these people are pretty harmless. Turns out Susan is a uh, an award-winning designer. What did I have down here? I think I found something out about her because I looked it up. Um, human-focused inside and out. So that's sort of a logo that goes with the kind of design she does. So I think, first of all, she's got to be a bright person uh, and won an award for this work. So there's an interesting person you just happen to meet on a path uh, walking through the Guild Inn in Scarborough. And... Um, I told her about my podcast after I had shared, you know, telling her why Bruce and I were such interesting guys and had so many interesting adventures, uh, mentioned I was the Scarborough dude. And I told her, now, nobody who 
I have told about my podcast, who I've met either in a bar or on the street or anywhere, has ever come back to me afterwards and said, oh, either I enjoyed your show or that's interesting or, uh, you know, what made you say that or, or any kind of feedback at all. And I thought you could be the first person. And sure enough, Susan was the first person to ever get back to me after listening to a podcast. So thank you, Susan. Shout out to you. Um, We took a selfie together. (laughs) And she used a filter on it, which I think turned it into a beautiful Christmas card. So that will be the feature photo for this particular episode. I told her that. I said, if you send me that photo, it will be the picture that goes with it. So there we are. Okay, we're just going to park that for now. Thank you very much, Susan. And uh, I hope you listen to this one too um the city of toronto and i've I've just got to go through this because they had their last council meeting uh last night uh, before you know shutting down for the holidays city of council remains committed to confronted and confronting anti-black racism advancing truth okay now i don't know how a city does that but i guess with your police force and you know the things you vote on sure confronting anti-black racism advancing truth now, that's a harder one. Uh, oh, sorry. No, truth, reconciliation, and justice. That's the catchphrase. Okay, we, we know that with our, our Native people. It's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Truth, reconciliation, justice, and building a more inclusive and equitable city. Now, you can't find fault with that. That's from our mayor, Olivia Chow. Um, now, the thing is, this is about what I was referring to earlier when I got very excited and, and, you know, ranted on a bit too much, perhaps, about renaming Dundas Street. Uh, the committee narrowed the choices down. So what they're going to do, what they voted on, is they're going to park Dundas Street for now because that's going to cost too much money and it's going to take too long. We'll just we'll, we'll vote on that later on. But meanwhile, we're going to rename Dundas Square. And I have no problem with that. It's a stupid name anyway. What is it? Dundas Young Dundas Young Square, whatever. Rename that. Uh, and then they're going to rename the Dundas Library. Okay, Jane Dundas Library. And then they're going to rename the TTC subway stops, Dundas and Dundas West. I'm not so much in favor of that at all. But Dundas Square, I am all for. So... What they've come up with, they've, they've given to a subgroup, they've narrowed it down to four names, which they always do to make everybody think that, oh, it's not decided yet, we're still thinking about it, we're still open to other opinions. But in fact, the committee narrowed down the choice down to four names over the past few months and selected a name this week, which is Sankova Square. Sankova, S-A-N-K-O-V-A. Now, that sounds okay, Sankova Square. Yeah, I can get behind that. What, what does it mean? Ah, according to the motion, Sankova originates in Ghana, a country I have highly respect for, thanks to uh, Nkrumah, uh, the first uh, person to seek black separation from, or, you know, undo the ties of colonialism and have uh, freedom. Ghana, more power to them. Uh, Kwane Nkrumah was the name. Uh, Sankova Square... Uh, originates in Ghana and refers to the act of reflecting on and reclaiming teachings from the past, which enables us to move forward together. So I, boy, that's uh, that's quite a translation for one word, but I guess that's what they're saying. I mean, I'm sure uh, somebody else has looked this up and done the research. The act of reflecting on and reclaiming teachings from the past which enables us to move forward together. It sounds almost a little too convenient in terms of what this whole point is. Look from the past, okay, get rid of this Dundas guy, he was an asshole, and um, come up with something more. So anyway, I'm in favor of that. And what will it cost in rename the square? Okay, it'll be cost, but what the hell, you can do that. Now, here's the other part. Toronto Metropolitan University... Formerly known as Ryerson, but because Ryerson is another bad guy, his statue was toppled and thrown into Lake Ontario, and the university college was renamed to, get this, well, you already know this, Toronto Metropolitan University. TMU for short. What a stupid fucking name. But we already knew that. We already knew that. It's a stupid fucking name for a university. But anyway, never mind, never mind. Can't I mean, I guess it doesn't offend anybody. Hey, it's Toronto, it's Metropolitan, it's a university. Um, but what they have said is they are willing to pick up the entire $1.7 million cost. Now, I question that cost. 
of renaming Dundas Subway Station uh, if it is named after the university. So they say, we'll pay. Change that name Dundas to our name, TMU, and we'll pay the $1.7 million. I'm sure it's going to cost a lot more. And again, you might say, universities, do you have $1.7 million to square to spare? And is it really necessary to start with? Well, let's just park that. I'm just telling the news as it is. Oh, my God, I'm going to go over time. Um, now, the decision to rename Dundas Street and other city property has been controversial. Yes, indeed. Uh, the most recent estimate pegs the cost at somewhere between 11.3 and 12.7 million. Now you know when they finally get around to doing that, if they do, and they probably will, it's going to cost way more than that—a money the city doesn't have. Uh, so far, the city has already spent $250,000 on the project. Just thinking, talking about making these changes. Haven't changed anything, but just talking about it. It's cost them a quarter of a million dollars. Where could that money be put to better use? Hmm. Okay. Money, some say, would be better spent on bolstering city service rather than a symbolic gesture. Now, that is the case. But are they going to cave in and go for the symbolic gesture? And, of course, people are already excited about this possibility. Um, so back to Dundas himself. Was he the villain that they people think that he is? Dundas amended in 1792, 1792, 230 years ago, boys and girls, resolution to gradually abolish the slave trade rather than doing so immediately. Okay, so that puts him, you know, oh, 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 this guy's a villain. Uh, and I don't mean that sarcastically, but except some historians argue that he was a committed abolitionist. He wanted the end of the slave tradery, who was doing his best to make sure that some version of the law passed. So he put in this amendment that maybe would have made it a guarantee to get passed. Others argue the reasons were irrelevant. Whatever, he just passed this law. So, all right, there you go. Uh, Toronto City... All right, so we're going to move there. One more thing. Um... Uber, which you know, I, I hate Uber and I hate what's the hotel thing, um, you know, the bed and breakfast, uh, you know, where you rent a room instead of a hotel. Um, this is another sign of the brain going, which is why I got to be coming to an end soon. <sighs> Uber sued the city of Toronto because they wanted to cap the number of Uber drivers. So to take an American tech company suing the city of Toronto, who can't afford to fight a lawsuit now, uh, because they wanted to limit the number of... Because taxi drivers have been hurt, you know? And they want to put a cap on it. How many of these people can be licensed and driving around the city picking up fares? So they decided we can't afford a lawsuit. Uber wins. Toronto City Council is rescinding its temporary cap on the number of licenses for rideshare drivers in the city. Just over two months after it was initially passed. It was passed. Uber said, fuck you, we're going to sue and the city backed down. Isn't that fucking disgusting? An American-based fucking tech company with his Uber idea, and they're suing our city, and the city backs down. Fuck off. All right. Uh, the, the change comes after Uber made a court application in an effort to overturn the ban earlier this year, and they got the bucks behind them to sue, and Toronto says, hey, what can we do? We, we can't take this on now. All right. So I guess that's all I had in terms of uh, things I needed to air. I am very open to Dundas Square being renamed. I am not open to the uh, subways because it's just, to me, it's just the name Dundas. Gosh, were there even warships? And I think what I said last time when I read about that World War I soldier, okay, just have a declaration and say, no, Dundas hereby is named after this person, not that other Dundas. But that's not going to satisfy the people who say, oh, no, Toronto is racist. And uh, I know if I go on too much longer about this, people will simply accuse me of being racist myself because I'm not in favor. And that's the scary part. That's the scary part that you can be labeled because you have an opinion on something that doesn't necessarily go with what is politically correct. You can be labeled. Tart and feathered, maybe. All right, so I think I'm going to end there. I guess that's Matt. Oh, I made my 16 minutes, I think. Yeah, so uh, we're good to go. Um, and, I, you know, 
I do have a project. It, got, it happened when I got high yesterday, and every time I get high, I get this idea, and it's really big. And I, oh man, I need some help, but I need to do this. I don't know if I, I guess I probably shouldn't share it because people would say, "Well, no, man, just do it. Find a way to do it." So, um, but stay tuned. Stay tuned to the Dixon Jets. Jane's podcast for uh, announcements about, oh my god, big things coming, big things coming, maybe. Scarborough Dude, signing off, bye from uh, this uh, Bur- Burkdale Ravine.